Chapter 45 of A Broken Bond. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Josh Broussard. A Broken Bond by Nicholas Carter. Heaven help me. Nick Carter looked up at the assistant's words, then nodded toward the door. Lock that, he commanded. Quick! Chick made his way dizzily across the room and turned the key in the lock. He knew the meaning of the move. The noise of the struggle might have been heard, and if so, the room might be invaded at any moment. It was evident that the chief did not wish such an interruption. As soon as Chick had locked the door, he returned to the chief's side. Now, watch this fellow, the detective directed. Don't let him make even a move to get up. As he spoke, Nick got to his feet and, striding to the wall, switched on a couple more lights, flooding the room. Follinsby lay where he had been left, but his evil eyes searched the features of the pajama-clad detective. Seemingly, he had guessed his identity, but had failed to verify his suspicions from the bearded face. Who are you? he demanded. And what does this mean? Simultaneously, he started to rise on one elbow, but Chick prodded him in the ribs with his foot. Stay where you are, he advised. I have my eye on you, you know. It's too much trouble to take off this beard, Follinsby, Nick replied evenly. I hardly think that's necessary, anyhow. I have a notion that you could guess at my name without much trouble and that the guess would be right. I am Nick Carter, not at yours, but at James Stone's service. There was a tense, dramatic silence. Then, suddenly, with a curious gurgling sound, another figure came to the stage. Stone, swinging himself out of bed, rose to his feet unsteadily. The blind, vacant look had vanished. A perplexed, troubled frown had taken its place and Stone turned his head slowly, eyeing each of the occupants of the room in turn. "'What is this?' he asked, in a hesitating voice. "'What does it mean?' Follinsby screwed himself round on the floor and faced the man. Chick caught the look on the doctor's face and guessed what he was up to. "'No, you don't,' he remarked, stooping down and jerking Follinsby about by the collar. "'Keep your eyes off him and cut out your Svengali tricks.' There was no doubt that Stone was coming out of the influence of the spell which had been laid upon him, but he would doubtless have succumbed again if it had not been for Chick's quick move. As it was, he had already looked at Follinsby and recognized him. The ex-miner passed his hand across his eyes. I thought I'd seen the last of you, he jerked out. I remember leaving your house, but after that... after that... His voice faltered and broke, and his look was pathetic as he turned toward Nick Carter. I seem to recognize you, he went on. I wonder if you are my friend. Can you explain? A look of hope sprang into the detective's eyes, and he nodded his head eagerly. I think I can, he answered. You have been made a victim of a cold-blooded rascal. I need not tell you what happened at the Hotel Windermere, I suppose. James Stone's awakening memory brought the scene back to him, and he shuddered. 
I know, I know, he said, dropping back quickly on the side of his bed. I, I tried to murder poor old Wynne. But you saved me from that, didn't you? He looked appealingly at Follinsby. The latter could no longer bear his ignominious position on the floor. With a look of defiance, he scrambled to his feet, and Carter and his assistant allowed him to do so, although they ranged themselves on either side of him. Follinsby knew that he was in desperate straits, but he believed that his star was not yet ready to set. He made one mistake, however, for he imagined that Winthrop Crawford had been inoculated with the deadly disease. "'You are mistaken,' he said daringly. "'By this time, Crawford must be suffering from the disease that you placed in his veins.' "'No, no, no. You don't mean that. You, you can't mean that,' Stone broke out in a horrified voice. "'You told me that the syringe was filled with a harmless liquid.' "'That was a lie.' was the brutal answer. A groan burst from the lips of the tall man, and his lean figure seemed to shrivel. Then heaven help me, he moaned. I've killed the man I love best in the world. No, you have not. End of chapter 45